0: last time on improv tabletop dave Skullcrusher, dr stephen bond and trex the velociraptor had just finished their first task in this season of the pleasantly proper baking competition which is being hosted in dinosaur theme land and they decided that they would go to the bunker where they had been given rooms to sleep things off for the night on the way there they stepped on a loose padlock which went to one of the containment pens holding some of the dinosaurs in. It had been unlocked and the pen was open. Sneaking inside, they came face to face with an Allosaurus who attacked them, but through a very judicious use of baked goods and combat, they killed the Allosaurus and uh, caused quite a ruckus as they were doing so. Dave decided to head off away from the scene so he couldn't be linked with the crime. While the others spoke with Professor Fortenbrå, the scientist who gave Trex his wonderful brain, he assured them that he would take care of investigations and that they could go off and prepare themselves for the next day of filming, which uh, Peter Applewood said is still going to go forward, even though Alicia Rutford had also been attacked by an Allosaurus and was eaten. So we need to get a new judge for this upcoming episode, but uh, with tensions rising in the group, they all headed to their rooms to sleep things off for the night, and we will see what happens tomorrow in Dinosaur Theme Land. What's shaken? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, your prehistoric existential
1: crisis man. Evan Peterson, your man living out his fantasy of actually having muscles.
2: JP, uh, a doctor that you probably shouldn't trust.
0: So, you guys have all dispersed to your individual rooms for the night, and uh, let's check in and see how things are going with each of you. Um, Let's stop in with Dave first and foremost. Uh, Dave has had a bit of an interesting history that has brought him to this point. Why are his parents so interested in getting him into the baking field?
1: Um, So his father had always wanted to be a baker. Um, But uh, unfortunately, um, during baking school, he suffered an accident where he took out his brownies prematurely and spilled hot brownie batter all over his hands, which unfortunately rendered them inusable. (laughs) Uh, And so he could never have become a baker. Uh, And so now he's uh, forcing his own dream on his child. All right. So as you are
0: in your room, you're getting ready. You're like, you're putting away your oven mitts. And as you do, you hold them in your hands for just a moment. And you're taken back to your home just before your parents sent you off. And your father is straightening your lapels on your coat and patting you on the shoulders with his ruined hands that can't do very fine uh, motor skills. But he strokes your hair with a gnarled, calloused, and scarred (laughs) palm. And he says... All right, now son, you're gonna make us proud. Sure, Dad. I'll do everything I can. Now it's been a, it's been a rough time since your mum left. I know she always wanted me to become a baker so that I could carry on the grand legacy of her family conjoining with my family, the two most prominent baking families in the entire countryside. And uh, I can never speak to her father-in-law again until you bring some honor back into our family. If you don't win this competition. I don't know if mum's ever coming back.
1: All right, well, now I'm going to
0: try my best, but don't you feel like that's a bit of pressure for me? Well, not any pressure that you can't handle, my my dear darling boy. And he kind of, like, punches you in the shoulder and winces uh, as it strikes into your meaty, meaty pectoral, and he kind of shakes his hand, uh, and he says, I mean, I've trained you as well as I can without the use of my own hands. I've only got one opposable thumb per hand, it's a little bit of a limitation. I can only imagine what it would be like if I had more. But I mean I've given you all of the knowledge that I have in my brain, and all of the feeling that I have in my heart. There's not a whole lot left ever since your mum walked out, but I gave you everything that's in there. My heart is empty right now because it's all in you. All
1: right, then I suppose I'm gonna make you proud.
0: Yes. Yes, you are going to make me proud, because I'm not going to try and imagine what will happen if you don't. And he takes a big old swig from his bottle of gin, and he hears the cat and the dog fighting in the other room, and he goes, Oi, Fluffy, Ruffles, stop that! And he just uh, heads off into the other room, leaving you by yourself with your thoughts. Uh, you can see the family portraits on the wall, Uh, the various drawings that you made when you were uh, back in primary school still hanging on the fridge and uh, you can hear your dad screaming as a cat's claws rend into his just absolutely unusable hands
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm just gonna sigh and turn around and leave
0: alright you step out the door there's a a bus coming down the lane, ready to pick you up and take you to the airport so you can fly to the distant island on which Dinosaur Theme Land is located. And that was the last thing that you said to your father before you came here to the show. All right, then. And so now back here in the present, sitting in this room... Uh, Looking at your monogrammed oven mitts that your father gave you as a Christmas gift the previous year, is there anything else that Dave would like to do before he goes to sleep for the night?
1: I don't think so. I think he's just going to go to bed.
0: All right. Lights turn off in one room in the bunker. We go next door to where Dr. Stephen Bond is also winding down. Uh, Dr. Bond being a velociraptor specialist, obviously you've been studying this for a while. What got you into paleontology in the first place?
2: Well, I had actually, uh, while on a summer vacation, we my parents took me up to Africa and I stumbled upon a paleontologist, uh, an archaeologist, or a, a dig site, and I started, I, I got in there and the doctor who was working on the raptors, I came in and I started making fun of him and I'm just like, Raptors? That sounds so stupid. They look like birds. No, that can't be right. And he told me a very scary story about raptors and about how they could help kill people and eat them while they're still living. And instead of scaring me, it got me very intrigued and it got me very excited. And I thought, these things are really cool. I need to learn base my life off of raptors.
0: Yeah, I think during the course of this uh, expedition, this professor who you were just following around like an annoying mosquito the entire time began to see your zeal and began to find a desire to nourish that seed and cause it to grow. I think this uh, professor, let's call him Professor Chumbwald, he decided that he was going to finance your education and bring you to the university that he was working for so you could study paleontology under him.
2: And I thank him dearly for that.
0: So let's go to... uh, You are a doctor, Stephen Bond, so you have your PhD. It's the day of... um, You're going to present your doctoral thesis uh, in front of the board of directors at the university, and uh, a very nervous day for you, of course, but Professor Chumbwald is there. He's got... Uh, a couple of cold ones that he's pulled out of the fridge. You're straightening your tie, and he comes up to you with a drink and hands it towards you, give a little clink, and he says Well, to your grand successes in the future, and takes a big old swig from his drink.
2: To the many a study of raptors and all that entails. Now, since
0: it's You're just about to finally present this dissertation. Can you please tell me at least what you wrote about? I've just been itching to hear it this entire
2: time. I've been studying the actual day-to-day life of what a raptor must be going through. And it's just been intriguing to me that I just don't know if what... What gets that raptor going in the morning? What is that existential cause that he has to get up a day in, day out? You know, because these are rather smart creatures. They're not like your old dog or a tiger or a bear. No, they have finely developed brains. And if I were to, to ever meet a raptor that I could communicate with, that would be the greatest thing I could ever experience and I would write down my findings and I would share them with you! Ah, to humanize the lizard. A fascinating subject. Uh, What have
0: you learned so far? Well,
2: I've learned that they indeed have a taste for rats. I studied that by um, some scientific methods that I don't need to go into detail because they would probably just be boring, but needless to say that they're, um, I've, I've just wanted to figure out for myself if they can taste things, if they can taste the differences between ingredients, and if they could put together something more delectable than just hunting if they were if twere they were able to um be presented with ingredients and with cooking utensils and cooking materials if they would actually put something together this is an oddly specific conjecture that you have come up with but i like it oh yes it is very specific it was very i don't know i just kind of woke up one morning and i thought to myself huh what if a raptor baked me a cake this morning well you know I woke up one morning
0: and I thought to myself, what if a raptor had feathers? And everybody laughed at me. I gave my doctoral dissertation about that very subject. They very nearly didn't want me to get my degree, but I pushed through. And where are we now? Everybody believes that raptors had
2: feathers. And soon they will believe that they can bake. I am so incredibly proud of you, Stephen. You are my finest pupil. Ah, That is indeed very, very thankful for that.
0: And uh, you went on to give your presentation before the board, and based on the fact that you are currently a doctor, probably went pretty well. And so now here you are in this room, uh, in the room just on the other side of that wall, exactly the raptor that you thought of all of those years ago. What kind of emotions are going through
2: Dr. Bond as he reflects back on these experiences he's had with Professor Chumbwald? Oh, he is just full of excitement and mystery because he's been able to study the raptor that not only has been able to bake but has been able to feel and 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 question his existence and the existence of the morality of his own dinosaurs being hunted and so he's so many questions he's writing this all down because he's going to bring them back and he's going to write himself a great report for the scientist community
0: and as you're just vigorously writing things down in your journal you look down on your desk and you can see the last letter that Professor Chumwald handed to you, uh, written on very old parchment in a flowing script sealed on the back with wax Uh, Professor Chumwald always was a very archaic sort of gentleman and you flip it open and read his excitement to hear about this opportunity that you've been given and, uh his regrets that he's not able to join you because of um, his condition that is keeping him bound to his home, Uh, but eager to hear back your report about the things that you're learning from this experience. And uh, as you reflect on this, you finish writing up uh, the rest of your thoughts from today in your journal. Uh, Anything else that Professor Bond wants to do before he retires for the night?
2: Not knowing how thick these walls actually are, he's going to get glass and he's going to put it to the wall and kind of have his ear against it. See if he can hear anything.
0: Yeah, roll a clever check to see how well you can hear what's going on on the other side. One. One. All right. The walls are a little thick, but you can still catch just a little bit of noise on the other side. It seems that Trex is uh, a little bit agitated right now. And, uh, in fact, Trex, you being on the other side of this wall, all kind of full of your existential dread, uh, what is going through Trex's mind and heart right now?
3: My heart is heavy and conflicted. I have seen my own fellow reptiles and spoken to them with my now enlightened mind and heard them and their thoughts for what they are. And I don't like it. I don't like how we are keeping them in cages while I get to go free simply because my own brain was rearranged slightly so that I can communicate a bit better than they can.
0: There's no difference, really.
3: I'm saying all this out loud to myself, pacing back and
0: forth. And uh, as you're contemplating upon this, uh, we've established that Trex doesn't have a great memory. Uh, There are a lot of gaps in uh, his memory, but what are some of your earliest recollections of your experiences with Professor Fortenbra? I remember him
3: as an individual who would often come in and visit me nearly every day. In fact, he was the one who did most of the caretaking as well as the experimentation, and it's not like it all happened at once. The rearranging of the brain took some time. I remember gradually gaining intelligence and understanding as he came in and did his administrations. I would take a nap and I would wake up and I would understand the world around me a little bit more and see Dr. Fortenbra there, thinking, considering,
0: studying me. And I wondered what he was thinking. And uh, let's flash back to one such occasion uh, you've been in your little flat that he's built for you within the research facility. Um, it's You haven't really seen anything outside of this, but there's a nice little uh, table with some chairs around it for your meals. There's a nice couch and an armchair. Uh, there's a television on the wall so you can uh, watch things. A massive bookshelf so you can expand your mind. And of course, a very large kitchen well-equipped with ingredients. And uh, you hear a nice, polite little knock on the door. Oh, uh, yes, one one moment coming. And I walk over to the door and open it up. And on the other side, you see Professor Fortinbra, his impeccable, crisp, white uh, scientist overcoat on top of his uh, suit. He's got a large clipboard in one hand. His arms are outstretched. He's got his sunglasses pushed up onto his forehead. And he says, Trex, baby, how's it been going?
3: Oh, yes. Professor, how nice to see you here at my flat. I, I wasn't expecting you. I'm sorry, I, I haven't cleaned up. I have uh, some some books I've been trying to read and I I sort of shove the copy of, like, See Jane Run
0: and whatnot underneath the couch. And he says, oh, I am just so glad to hear that. Would you mind if I come and visit with you for a little bit? Uh, yes, by all means, come come in, come in, please. Alright, go ahead and roll a clever check to see if you can recover a potential lost bit of information about this moment. That is a three. A three, alright, pretty decent. As uh, Professor Fortenbrock comes into the room and you're closing the door behind him, you take a peek outside and you see very austere looking walls, this hallway. Uh, you kind of tilt your head a little bit to the left and right. And you can see what appears to be this very large complex always going off in both directions basically as far as you can see and occasionally like off in the distance you'll see a couple people walking back and forth uh, carrying various apparatuses and you think you see another reptile down there for just a moment Um, but then professor Fortinbras says oh my you this smells absolutely delectable tell me about this fantastic dish Oh, yes, yes, uh, this is rat pot pie. I, uh, yeah. And he uh, has a piece of it that he was about to put in his mouth, and he pauses with it just (laughs) inches away, and he says, that sounds... That sounds just so... Trex, you are amazing, and he puts it back down into the pie. Yes, there's plenty. You you may eat some if you'd like, but if you're
3: not hungry, I understand you. You usually eat uh, right after, you know, our research
0: sessions, so... I understand. Yes, 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 indeed. Uh, Now, Trex, you are a lizard, of course. I want, I'm going to say some words to you, and I want to get just your gut reaction. And he pulls out the clipboard and a nice pen. He clicks it and prepares to write. Uh, Go ahead and roll a clever check to see if you can pick up another potential missing bit of your memory. That's a zero this time. A zero. Uh, You try to scan a little bit of the information on the clipboard, but you miss it. Uh, You weren't able to catch it quite quickly enough. Uh, But he sits down across the coffee table from you in the armchair. You're seated on the couch. And uh, he has a list of words. He starts reading towards you, and he says, all right, just your gut reaction. Compassion. Uh, People. And he scribbles something down on the clipboard. Dismemberment. Food. 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 Baking. Bacon. Baking with bacon. Rats. More food. Delicious. Purpose of life. What? Uh, the purpose of life. What is just your gut reaction? I don't. I don't even believe I understand those words. And uh, there's a little bit of a disappointed frown that crosses his face, and he says, That's alright, Trex, that's alright. Uh, you don't worry about it at all. You just keep baking your rat pop pies and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how our next little session plays out.
3: Yes. Yes, of course. Thank you. Uh, that was fun. Let's do it again sometime.
0: Yes, of course. And he sets the clipboard down beside him and kneels up and places his hands on your face, uh, much like he did in the last episode. And he just says, now remember Trex, you are my magnum opus. You are the finest of my works. You are my one and my only. Thank you. You too. And he gives you another little kiss on the snout, and he stands up and opens the door, gives you a little wave, and closes it behind himself.
3: Uh, After I make sure he's gone, I go over to my pile of books, and I sift through the, the small readers, and I pull out my big old dictionary and start looking up.
0: Those words. Alright. Uh, you get to, you know, you start with compassion, and based on what you're reading, um, you get a sense okay, I gave a pretty good answer for that one. The other ones you're feeling a little good about, dismemberment. The fact that you responded with food so quickly makes you a little bit uncomfortable, and you eventually get to the word life, and you're scanning over the definition, and uh, it's pretty bland. It's defined as the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death.
3: How dry.
0: Yeah, you, you're you looking over this, and it's just not quite connecting for some reason. You, have, you feel like there's got to be something more to life than just growth and functional activity and change preceding death. What about the word purpose? You go ahead and you flip a little bit further in the dictionary to the word purpose and it says the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists why do I exist and we come back now to the present Trex pacing back and forth with agitation in his room and that question comes back to your mind you reflected on it so many times since then why do I exist Is there anything that strikes Trex in this moment? There must be more than simply
3: existing to exist. To only grow and maybe change sometimes until we die? That's terrible. What do those other dinosaurs want? They want freedom. They want more than what they have. I have what they want. What am I doing with it?
0: Is there anything else that Trex would like to do before he retires for the night?
3: Trex would like to go uh we're all in one central area right so i could find uh timmy tommy two thumbs
0: room yeah each of the doors are labeled with the name of the star who gets to stay in there
3: i'd like to go find his room and knock on it with my three opposable thumbs all right
0: and after a moment you hear a little voice say oh just
4: a moment i'm coming
0: and you hear the little pitter patter of six-year-old footsteps on the floor, and the door opens up, and you peek down and
4: see Timmy Tommy Tutum, and he says, Oh, Mr. Trux, it's a delight to see you again. Are you having trouble sleeping? Yes I am,
3: Timmy, Tommy. I it's been a long day. I just wanted to ask you, how are you doing? And and are you here alone? Where are your parents?
4: He says, oh, my parents are back at home. They couldn't afford to come to Dinosaur Theme Land. They said that if I was able to win that prize money, then they might be able to help me get a bit of a nicer situation. And he, uh, as he's saying this, you look down at his uh,
0: kind of ragged flannel pajamas that he's wearing. They, of course, have dinosaurs all over them, but uh, there's a hole in one of the knees and a couple of the buttons are
4: missing he says would you like to come in i've got some milk and biscuits oh sure
3: i I don't want to impose but i I would love to visit you for for
4: a moment that would make me so incredibly happy these biscuits are a bit of my own recipes that i've been working on just kind of a spin on the classic digestive a bit of coarse ground wheat flour Just a nice bit of, I'm switching out some of the white sugar for a little bit of molasses to give it a little bit of an extra kick.
3: That is fantastic. You know, Timmy, Tommy, Tutum, you are a much better baker than I am.
4: Oh, I don't know about that, Mr. Trex. I mean, I don't even... I've only got one opposable thumb per hand. Yes, but you
3: understand what to do with all these ingredients. I just... I I feel like I'm only here because they thought I would give good ratings. I really don't have much of a passion for baking, you know.
4: Oh? Well, I could help with that. Really? You could? I mean, I've loved baking since before I was able to speak. My parents told me that The day after I came home from the hospital, I picked up a whisk and made myself a nice little meringue. (laughs) That's amazing. You're like some kind of prodigy. Oh, well, I don't know if I'd say that, but if you're interested in maybe working on a couple projects together, I would be more than happy to help you out, Mr. Trex. I would like that, Timmy Tommy. And uh, he shares some of his biscuits with you, and he says... You seem troubled, Mr. Trex. I just... I don't know.
3: I'm a dinosaur, but I feel like a person. But I feel like other dinosaurs probably feel like people, too. We just can't understand them like you can understand me, and I just really... I want to know my purpose in life, and I want to know their purpose and how they... Why are they in cages and I'm not? It just seems unfair.
0: And after you've finished this, uh, you look up at Tommy, and he's staring at you with some concern in his eyes. And he goes over to the fridge and he says,
4: uh, this was in here when I got here, but I don't think I should be drinking it. And he pulls out uh, a bottle <laughs> of vodka and puts it on the table and says, if you want that, then go ahead. Um, but I want you to know that I think you do belong here. You've got a larger heart, Mr. Trex.
3: Uh, I will wrap my... Wrapped her lips around the neck of the bottle and just like upend it and do the the neck thing that you know uh, <laughs> birds and lizards and whatnot will do and just chug it all down and you know what the bottle's going too I'll just eat the bottle. Oh my
0: gosh! Uh, wow! What do we roll for that? Roll a roll a forceful check, I guess. That is a flat zero. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't. Think trex has ever had alcohol before this moment um and it just wow the effects are pretty intense um yeah you start see you're like looking over at timmy tommy and suddenly there's two of him and they're both staring at you with great concern in their eyes timmy tommy
4: two, two tums and he says uh mr trex i think you've had enough existential crisis for one night let's get you back to bed
3: All right. Thank you. I think I'll go lie down. Thank you, Timmy, Tommy, son. Yeah.
4: And uh, he pulls the covers up to your neck and he says, Well, you rest well because we've got a big competition ahead of us.
0: That's right. Thank you. Good night. And the door closes. Uh, Dr. Bond, you hear this all from the other side with your glass up against the wall any thoughts that dr bond has after all of this
2: transpires so he didn't hear everything that was going on well he he's excited to ask what happened the day before he's excited because he knows that there's something was going on but he doesn't know exactly what it was
0: all right so with that excitement dr bond gets under the covers and another light goes off in the bunker and bright and early the next morning your alarms go off uh, you head out to the main area. There's more craft services there. Uh, there's some bowls of cream of wheat laid out, and they've got various types of fruit sprinkled on the top. Uh, there's a nice, just big old table full of coffee, and all of the stagehands are there drinking as much as they possibly can. Um, and you open up the doors, and Dr. Bond, your room is in the middle of Trex's and Dave's, and you all walk out kind of at the same time, Trex and Dave, you make eyes and Dr. Bond, you're just kind of stuck there in the middle. Uh, Yeah, you have a bit of time before you have to be ready to go on set. Uh, Is there anything that you guys would like to do before that moment? So I rush up to Trex and
2: I say, good morning Trex, how was your sleep last night? My goodness, Doctor, you're very loud. Oh, (laughs) I've been told that a lot too and I start clapping a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, I say, so. Um, quick question: Are you are, are you a fan
3: of Shakespeare? I uh, I've tried reading the condensed ones. Um, I in fact I did go to see a play put on one time. Um, in fact, it, it was one of Shakespeare's plays. Even
2: it was uh, the Tempest, and I quite liked it. Because I was just, I I, I could hear you last night and you just sounded like you were reciting a soliloquy or something. And I was very like, oh, he can act as well. What is the (laughs) limits to what this creature can do? Oh, I, I, I don't know
3: about that. I was just thinking out loud and very, I'm trying though. I decided. I... I don't know what's going on, I don't know what my place is here, but I'm going to try harder anyway. I even put this necktie on, see? And you see a Nice little uh maroon necktie dangling on Trex's scaly neck. Oh, a double Windsor
2: knot. You are fancy.
3: Yes, the, the three opposable thumbs. It's it's tying knots is quite easy actually.
0: Uh, real quick dr bond as you're looking at this double windsor knot go ahead and roll a roll either a careful check or a clever check three three all right you can see uh just above where the knot is uh sort of in the center of the throat almost where you might expect to see um the tag of a dog's collar there's a little metal disc that has been implanted into Trex's throat. And you look and you see, um, on it are engraved TR-3X. Interesting. Well, shall we have some breakfast? Oh, yes.
3: Uh, yes, let's. I like bacon. Well, then bacon it shall be.
2: Let's go see what they've cooked up for us.
0: And as you guys go walking over to the table... Uh, Once again, Trex and Dave, you kind of catch eyes as Trex and Dr. Bond are walking past.
1: I'd like to keep near Trex, and anything he reaches for for breakfast, I'm going to grab first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So you get to the table, and indeed there is just this massive platter heaping with bacon. Uh, Trex, you go to reach for some. Uh, Let's have Trex and Dave... Roll opposed quick checks.
1: That's a two. I also got a two.
0: Ooh, snap. So you reach out and you grab the same piece of bacon at the same time. And your heads whip towards each other. And you catch eyes once more, still both holding this one piece of bacon.
1: Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Trex. I see you want bacon as well. Yeah, but um,
3: you can have this one and I'll flick it in his direction. Well, thank you. And I'll
1: reach down and pick up the entire platter.
0: And uh, you notice as you pick it up, there was one of the uh, production assistants who was reaching for a piece of bacon. And they're like, oh, nope, nope, you're you're the star, Mr. Skullcrusher, and just heads over to one of the other tables.
1: And I'll uh, walk to a table and set it down. And I'd also like to see, is there any type of like large bowl in the area?
0: Yeah, there is, in fact, uh, a pretty large bowl that's full of various wrapped sundries. There's Pop-Tarts in there, there's granola bars, uh, just all kind of filling this large serving bowl.
1: I'd like to dump those out, take the serving bowl, and grab, like, eight bowls of uh, cream of wheat, and uh, empty them all into it, into this one big bowl, (laughs) And then just, like, start piling fruit on top of it, creating just this massive fruit cream of wheat bowl to have with my full platter of bacon. <laughs> this is like my cousin that would eat
3: cereal in a mixing bowl growing up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you sit down with your massive meal. Uh, Trex and Dr. Bond, uh, there's still a decent amount of stuff for you to pick up. As you're finishing your breakfast, you notice that... Uh, well, you finish gathering all of your items onto your trays, and you see the only seats left that are available are at the same table as Dave.
2: <sighs> I rush up, and I pull out a chair for tracks. Oh, uh, thank you,
3: Doctor. And I will sit in the chair, careful to uh, get my tail to go right into the nice hole at the back of the folding chair, sticking through.
1: As he, as he sits down, I say, Oh, Doctor, nice to have you here.
2: Would you like any bacon? Stare at Trex. Humans only. Uh, I do like bacon, but humans only. I, 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 th- I believe we're
1: above that, Dave. Oh, this is a special tray, and I am not taking my eyes off of Trex. The dinosaurs get rats later.
2: Oh, did you like rats?
1: What are you going to do,
3: Dave? Punch me in the face and kill me, like you did the
1: Allosaurus? Hey, I wasn't even there. I don't know what you're talking about
0: as tensions are beginning to rise uh, the fourth table at the chair slides open and Peter Applewood sits down next to you and he's just got a big old stack of pancakes in front of him and uh, he looks completely exhausted and he says hello then blokes Uh, did you sleep well we got a big day ahead of us quite well thank you Peter and he starts digging into his pancakes and he says you know I never thought that I'd be uh..." well I'm sitting here at a table with one half of my contestants only one of which cares about baking never thought that'd happen but strange where life takes us now innit and he just shoved this big old piece of pancake into his mouth Peter I, I actually care about baking quite a lot oh um, well my apologies Trex um I don't know I'm just it's been an interesting
1: time Trex he actually said baking not bacon You know you get those things confused you are insufferable and Peter's just
0: looking back and forth between you slowly, another piece of pancake into his mouth. Peter,
3: I haven't met too many humans, but I do believe that Dave here might be the worst I've ever met. Watch out for him.
0: Ho-ho, <laughs> you think he's the worst? You haven't met the people over at the network who are in charge of this show. hoo
3: <laughs> I hope I never do, and I will get up and leave.
0: And as Trex is leaving, uh, Peter is just kind of mumbling to the air in general. He's like, you yeah, know, we used to have a sense of integrity in this show. We used to have, uh... A... <sighs> we used to try and be something. Now that we are just ratings and pleasing the Americans. Oh boy, oh boy. Just another big old piece of pancake.
1: You all alright, uh, Dave? I'm Dave. You are, a uh, Peter. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, no, no worries, no worries. It's just, uh, my... Mm, My integrity's a little bit in shambles right now, but that's okay because we're making a lot of money off of this. I will see you at the compound later. And he finishes his pancakes and stands up and uh, starts heading towards the exit of the bunker.
3: Before he gets out, I'd like to rush over to him and say, "Uh, Peter, I, I was on my way out, but I couldn't help but over here. You said your integrity is in shambles at this moment. That's how I've been feeling this entire time. I feel like I'm a setup. I feel like I'm a fake. If you feel like that too, let's do something about it.
0: Uh, go ahead and roll a... Hmm, let's make this sneaky. Uh, that is a flat zero. He looks down towards you and you can see the spark of something in his eyes. He opens his mouth and then he turns and looks over at... Uh, Some of the production managers who are chatting at one of the tables, and they're actually all looking directly at you. And he looks down and says, thank you for your concerns. Perhaps we will speak
4: later.
3: Okay, sure. Yeah, just, I mean, anytime. I I just feel like, and I'll, I'll get in close and whisper to him. And say, I feel like I need a purpose. I don't have a purpose right now. And so, if you could help me find that purpose, or if I could help you and in your integrity and regain that purpose, that would be great. A win win, if you know what I mean.
0: And uh, as you're still leaned in close, he whispers into your ear, I guess?
1: Yeah, uh, ear holes. holes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he whispers, he he looks around a little bit, trying to find where your ears are, and then he just kind of gives up and whispers near the side of your head just in general, we're going to figure this out together. We're going to make it work, you and me. Good,
3: and I'll give him a fist
0: bump. He gives you a fist bump, straightens up, and says, all right, everybody, we're going to begin our next uh, shoot not too long from now. Everybody get up towards the compound And be ready to go in 50 minutes. And he turns towards you, gives you one last nod, Trex, and heads up the stairs out of the bunker.
3: I'll look around, see if anybody... I mean, obviously people notice that conversation, but I'll just look around and
0: nod and go get ready. All right, you guys all gather your stuff. You head on your way towards the compound. There's all of the same hustle and bustle that there was before. People are getting cameras set up, uh, getting your stations all arranged and ready for the competition that you have ahead of you. And you see that, you know, one of these stations is empty today. Gladi is no longer there, but you're setting up Timmy Tommy Tutum is getting all chipper and ready to go. Uh, Skag Skaggs is there once again, sharpening his knives and his spoons and his whisk and all of his implements for some reason. And as you guys are preparing, Skag Skags starts sidling his way over towards Dave's station. And Dave, you definitely noticed this.
1: Um, Dave still has, by the way, a half full bowl of cream of wheat he's working his way through that he's just carrying with him.
0: And Skag sidles up towards you and says, Well, go to keep that big ol' sack of meat in tip top condition, I imagine. Big ol' sack of meat?
1: Is that all you see me as?
0: Oh no, I see you as so much more than that. I see you as a great criminal mind. Criminal?
1: My, you're the criminal mind! I just did one bad thing,
4: and I regret it. I've regretted it ever since. Oh, you sell yourself short, Dave. You and me together, we can take over this whole operation. That little Timmy Tommy Two-Tum, he, uh, he's an easy mark, just like Claudia was. Listen, Timmy Tommy Two-Tum's
1: a good kid. And frankly, I'm under enough stress already without having to deal with you, you know? I've got a dinosaur at my back. I've got you coming up to me all the time. I had a scary incident I'd rather not talk about last night. So, frankly, I'm not sure how much more of the stress I can handle with the competition, so I'd prefer if you'd
0: go back to your station. Thank you. And he puts his hands up in kind of that Neil deGrasse Tyson pose, and he says, oh, oh, all right, if that's the way you feel, and starts slinking his way back over to his station.
1: Dave just keeps eating cream of wheat and
0: uh, after a moment Peter is up at the front and he's talking with one of the production managers and after a while he says alright then everybody we're going to introduce our replacement host we're all terribly sorry about what b- happened to Alicia she was national treasure but the show must go on uh, let me introduce all of you to Tracks." and a door opens up and a velociraptor comes out of it, and it waves at you with four opposable thumbs on its hand. What? I, I'm i absolutely shocked. What? It, and what? as you're just completely flummoxed, Trax walks over to Peter and shakes his hand, and Peter says, now, Trax being a last-minute replacement, um, all we could get was somebody from within the uh, dinosaur theme land here, and Professor Fortenbra was very generous in allowing his services, so he's going to be helping us out with the judgment for this round and all further rounds, hopefully, assuming he doesn't, you know, kick the bucket like Alicia did, for the rest of the season.
2: Another raptor! One with an extra digit on his hand! Oh! I just, I don't think, when I woke up this morning, I was just not like, Dr. Bond, you're gonna meet another raptor today! And I was just like, oh!
0: And uh, Trax begins approaching the stations to greet people. He starts with Timmy Tommy Tutum. Uh, he leans in, and he's got, like, one of his elbows on the counter of this station. You notice his movements are a lot more humanoid than Trex's, And as he leans down, he's chatting back and forth with Timmy Tommy, and they both throw their heads back simultaneously, begin just laughing uproariously at this bit of witty banter. Eventually, he makes his way over to Dr. Bond's table and says, Yes, Dr. Stephen Bond, I here. It's a delight to meet you. You are an expert in my species, from what I understand.
2: <laughs> an expert? I wouldn't say expert, but really I am. Um, I, I'm just, this is, this is, this is very, very nice to meet you, sir. And you
0: as well, you are. It is just such a delight to meet someone who is so interested in me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Go ahead and roll either a careful check or a clever check. Four. Four. Uh, You're thinking about something. You're like, wait a second. Trex, TR-3X, three digits. You look closer at that same spot on Trax's throat and you see that same little metal disc TR-4X Oh my That is very intriguing Yes I am a very intriguing person Am I not? Well, I am just absolutely elated To see how you do in this competition
2: <laughs> uh, I'll, I I, wouldn't put too much on my cooking But sometime maybe after the show We should have a good sit And a good chat And maybe some tea and rats uh, Do you like tea? Yes
0: of course of course, we can have a lovely bit of banter. Some people call me the Archduke of Banterbury.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a sense of humor! Didn't know Raptors had that.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, not all of us do. And as he says that, he actually kind of glances slowly over towards Trex and he says, ah, I'd like to meet you, but I really must introduce myself to the other contestants now. Uh, uh,
2: of, of course, of course. um y- Yes, go ahead.
0: And he starts moving as if he's going to go to Trex's station. Uh, gives a little sidelong glance and then steps past towards Dave's station, and he says, Dave, Skull Crusher, a fine blend of human brawn and baking prowess. I have been watching you very interestedly.
1: Uh, Dave looks like noticeably almost twitchy. He's just like hugging his bowl, looking around and just like, have you? What have you? What? You've been watching how long have you been sentient?
0: Oh, well, not too incredibly long, but I have been watching... I got a, uh, oh goodness, what's the term I'm looking for? A closed-circuit sort of broadcast into my own personal flat, and you uh, appeared to make quite a lovely Queen Amman yesterday, and I am just mm, absolutely stoked, I think they say in your profession, to see what you come up with today.
1: (laughs) All right, sure, I'm just sorry if I seem forward, I've got a lot on my mind, a lot of pressure riding on me to win the competition I'm sure that you do have a lot of pressure a lot on your mind,
0: I was watching you very closely, you see I was watching you very
4: very, very, very closely yesterday during the competition I know what you did Dave Skullcrusher
1: <laughs> and, and and he just he freezes, mouth agape with a spoonful of cream of wheat halfway to it, you saw me but don't you worry, don't You worry at all. Your secret is
0: safe with me because this tension is delicious. All right, all right, and just all right. Yeah, that's all right. All
1: right. That's yeah, that's all right. All right.
0: It's all right. It's all it's all right. You just chillax a little bit. We don't have a. We're not going to begin the next round for a few more minutes yet. And I really must introduce myself to the rest of the competition. And he appears over at Trex's station gives a little sign and eye roll, and trots up to Trex and says, Well, 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 Trex himself, how are you, my fine bloke? I'm doing all right. It's uh,
3: very nice to meet you, Trex. I was unaware that that there was another raptor. I'm assuming that you also
0: are acquainted with Dr. Fortenbrock? Oh, Dr. Fortenbrau is just the finest of all gentlemen, is he not?
3: Yes, he is. And I knew him first.
0: Ah, well, how much do you remember of those early days? Because let me tell you, my memory is flawless. I remember plenty. Enough. Lots of things. None of it's fuzzy. Oh, I am absolutely certain of that my dear boy and he reaches out with his four opposable thumbed hand and pats it on your shoulder Did he he graft a new one onto you? That's not natural Nothing about this
3: is natural now is it? Trex's jaw just hangs open, he's stammering a little bit
0: just flabbergasted and dumbfounded
4: Oh well I do believe it's about
0: time to begin the next round of the competition Do enjoy yourself Trex Dave, Dr. Bond. I will be speaking to you later. (laughs) And he gives a wave kind of one of those, uh, where each of the fingers moves individually, that kind of wave, but it's very disturbing because they're all opposable thumbs. Um, he heads back up to the front. Uh, Peter at that point turns to all the production assistants and signals that he's ready. And he says, all right, everybody, let's get rolling. And he turns towards all of you and says, Welcome back, everybody, to day two of this season's competition. Now, we were very sad to let Gladia chittenden Charmondley go yesterday, but we are very happy at the performance of all of you who are still here, especially Timmy Tommy Tutum, yesterday's Star Baker. Today's competition, and as he's speaking, uh, all of you go ahead and roll a clever check. Plus four for Trex. Plus four for Dave. Oh, well, well. Plus two for Dr. Bond. All right. So all of you, you're listening to the spiel that Peter is giving. And Dr. Bond, you're a little bit more involved. But Trex and Dave, you two are like absolutely freaked out by Trex. You don't want to let this guy out of your sight because there's something weird going on with this guy. And as Peter is beginning to explain uh, the terms of the competition, you see tracks kind of sidle over towards the plexiglass wall that is containing the dinosaurs on the other side. He goes up to it as if he's just kind of peering through, but you see him just very subtly reach over with one of his claws and grab a lever and pull it down. And as he does, you hear a mechanical sort of movement noise as if a motor has been activated. And you see the plexiglass walls begin to slide open, almost like elevator doors. And Peter is just completely oblivious. He says, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be making some nice yeasted donuts. We're going to be looking for, as these are yeasted, a very nice pillowy interior contrasted with a nice crisp exterior we want a nice glaze going over the top of that and as he's speaking the plexiglass walls are just continuing to go wider and wider and wider and you see one of the dinosaurs on the other side just moving up slowly behind him um, an ankylosaurus can we do something about it? yeah Peter's completely oblivious what would you guys like to do?
1: I want to throw my bowl of cream of wheat like a frisbee at the dinosaur alright
0: alright <laughs> Uh, go ahead and roll a roll a forceful check on that one. The dinosaur is going to... Uh, you no, know, it's not looking, so I'm not going to have him actively oppose. We'll just set that at a flattened number for you to hit. So I rolled a plus two. Plus two. You throw it, and uh, the cream of wheat still inside of it is kind of throwing it off balance, so it doesn't fly as straight as you would like but it still kind of glops onto the ankylosaurus's head, covering its eyes. Um, So it doesn't do any damage, but the creature just roars out in surprise and starts to rear up. At this moment, Peter turns behind him, sees this dinosaur, his jaw drops, and he just starts screaming bloody murder and running in the opposite direction of this ankylosaurus towards you all. And I think that is where we will pick up next week. On Improv Tabletop. Oh boy. Thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Jurassic Bake Off. Uh, if you want more, go ahead and subscribe and maybe even give us a review. We'd be, in the words of Claudia Chittenden Chalmondly, chuffed is chuff. chuff. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Improv Tabletop. If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, tweet about us using hashtag imptab setting or hashtag imp That's imp tab, imptab That's uh, imptab, I-M-P-T-A-B. Let's do a round of plugs. So, uh, as always, our sister podcast, iCast Fireball, is moving forward quite well. I'm very happy with the momentum that we've got. Uh, if you want to hear me play a precocious lizard person then that's the place to go uh in addition to that uh, i am going to be selling all of my own personal books Uh, i've got way too many of them every time i move it's just like half of the moving van is full of essential living stuff and the other half of it is just full of books Um, most of them are from like second grade so I've got a lot of uh, like time warp trio I've got a lot of captain underpants um, various stuff if you're interested in some I mean I'm I'm setting up an online shop you can find that at buymybooks.blogspot.com and uh, (laughs) I mean they're, they're not in the greatest condition but they've got good stories in them and I loved them and you'll love them too so that's all I've got Uh, Caleb, do you have anything that you would like to promote?
3: Yes. Uh, you guys, No King, No Country. My latest audiobook is very, very quickly, uh, coming to its close, at least on my end. And that should be available around Christmas. So, if you're into audiobooks and you'd like to hear me read one, uh go to Audible or iTunes or Amazon and pick up No King, No Country sometime around Christmas. It's by Wayne Grant.
0: Right on, right on. Uh, Evan, anything that you would like to promote?
1: Uh, So luckily for you all, I was able to make it to this recording. Um, I was discovered in my ice block in Albania by one of my avid followers, um, which was good for scheduling because I had to fly back and it was a big thing, but I made it um if you'd like to see my next one i will actually just be live streaming it so you don't have to come with me but uh i'm coating myself in honey and walking through a field of beehives in hawaii so you can find that on uh youtube i've got a, a youtube channel uh evan peterson art check it out
0: right on right on uh hope i'm i'm really concerned about the fact that you keep doing performance art pieces that might result in your death um which, you know, is great great for you. Great for you. Not great for this podcast, but great for you. I'm not trying to harsh your mellow over here.
1: I don't feel like the art is as impactful as I want it to be if there isn't that sense of danger. Because, you know, what is art without danger,
3: right? It's true. This is all so safe. And the stuff that you're doing is really, it's moving because of the danger.
0: Yeah, and you know now I contemplate it. There's a wonderful quote from Danny DeVito: "The artist must suffer for the art. That's why it's called painting."
1: That's that's exactly that's my exact philosophy. And thank you for introducing me to that quote.
0: No problem. Uh, So yeah, we'll be excited to see how that goes. Uh, JP, what you got going on?
2: Oh, you know, just uh, catfishing trolls on the internet. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: (laughs) okay well best of luck with that uh thanks for joining us here in the world of jurassic bake-off i'm ned wilcock your host and gm and i've been joined by caleb anderton your
1: raptor who is inferior uh evan peterson who's slowly unraveling at the seams and jp with the doctor that you know probably is
0: pretty legit much love and stuff we'll catch you next week on improv tabletop Thank you.